Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mod Chat. In case you do not know, this is a podcast I try and do at least monthly in which I find different topics to talk about in regards to news things and other cool things I see in the modding world, and I talk about them to you all in this format. Now, this is available in two different forms, I guess. There is the video format, which is available on YouTube on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel, and there is also the audio format if you want to, oh, I don't know, listen to this like an actual podcast. You can find that by going to your favorite podcasting app or platform, looking up Mod Chat, all one word, and finding it from there. So I hope however, which way you decide to enjoy it, you end up enjoying it. Either way, going into this here, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode because I'm actually going to only be covering one topic this episode. And I'm doing this for a couple reasons. One is that I wanted to do a mini episode of sorts and see how you all liked it. The other thing was also going to be that I'm just so excited about this that I wanted to do an entire segment about it. And it wouldn't be fair if I just only talk about this and get really excited about it. And then all the other topics I talk about, I'm kind of lukewarm on or I'm neutral on. So I am planning to have another episode this month that will be more of a full episode, but this one is going to be just a single topic in which we're going to be talking about the PlayStation 2. So I do want to say right off the bat as well that this is not going to be a tutorial. I do plan on making at least a couple of tutorials based around this exploit. And if you watch this and you want to follow along when I actually show you, because don't worry, there's going to be some show and tell on this. But if you want to follow along with that, you should be able to just fine using this, just because it's that simple. However, if you're wanting a full-blown tutorial, that's going to come later, and I'm going to explain it on here as well why I'm choosing to do that. So, what exactly are we talking about? Let's finally get into this. This is Free DVD Boot, and this here is single-handedly the most impressive and biggest PlayStation 2 exploit I have seen, 20 years after the PlayStation 2 was launched. This is incredible. Now, this is not to downplay or even, you know, talk smack on any other exploit that is out there for the PlayStation 2. There's been many over the years, they all serve different purposes, but this to me is the most revolutionary because... All you need is a blank DVD. That's it. Now, this was developed and released by Seachert, who is not at all a stranger to the modding community or even the PlayStation 2 community, and actually his stuff is even newer on here. As you can see, just looking at his GitHub real quick, he's got a archived, mind you, but archived PS4 SDK repository, and also he did work on the PS4 Playground, which if you used a 1.76 PS4, this is definitely something that you would have used. In fact, I do have a video showing how to get a PS4 on that low firmware setup using PS4 Playground right here. So I have used his code in the past few years. And the cool thing is, this is not his first entry into the PlayStation 2 either. He actually ended up releasing a yeah, basic exploit, I believe that's how you say it. And I was asked to cover this as well too, and I didn't uh, for a couple reasons. One, I don't have any access to PAL consoles, which this was a PAL-only exploit, because it relied on a PAL demo disc, which I 
did not have access to that either. Now, Seater did a fantastic write-up explaining this, how it worked, how it came to fruition and such, and it's really cool just delving into it, and I'm going to kind of boil this down. Mind you, I'm not a reverse engineer, I'm not a developer, so if I mess up some things on here, excuse me, but if you are checking out the video upload of this on YouTube, I am going to have a link to not only the repository for this, but also the free DVD boot write-up. Now, he does also mention on here, he mentions his previous yeah, basic exploit, and it says here, although I was successful at producing the first software-based entry exploit that can be triggered using only hardware that came with a console, the attack was largely criticized due to the requirement of having to enter the payload manually through the controller or keyboard and a limitation of being PAL only. I decided to write off that exploit as being impractical, and so the hunt continued for a better attack scenario for the PlayStation 2. Now, one of my favorite parts of this is here he's even saying, this leaves an interesting question which I've wanted to solve since I was a child. Is it possible to just burn our own homebrew games and launch them on an unmodified console the same way we would launch official discs, without going through any user interaction like disc swapping or triggering a network exploit in-game? And that is what we have right here. Now, let's do a quick rundown of the exploits that exist for the PlayStation 2. Uh, first of all, you can go physical if you want to. You can grab a mod chip, you can install it in your PlayStation 2, and you would achieve the same thing that you're doing here. That means you can simply burn a disc and then pop it into your PlayStation 2. It could be a homebrew disc, it could be a CD-based backup, it could be a DVD-based backup, and it will just play. However, installing a PlayStation 2 mod chip, and this is this is not a PS2 mod chip, this is a Xbox mod chip, but installing a mod chip is not easy on the PS2. I've done it a few times. It's not easy. It's, it's pretty challenging. So a lot of people don't want to go with that method. Now, don't fret, there's also software-based exploits as well, too. There is free McBoot, which means you can install it on a memory card that has Magic Gate compatible on it. And at that point, once you install this, as you can see, you're kind of looking at my menu back there on the PS2. It looks a little bit different, but it modifies your PlayStation 2, well, modifies it, so to speak. It gets it into a modified state right off the bat, and all you need is your memory card. So this should be easy enough, right? Well, the hard part is finding an entry point and getting it installed. And this is what people have struggled with for years. Because you see, you have to boot up Homebrew in order to install Free McBoot on a card. Now, of course, you can get another Free McBoot card and then use that to install Free McBoot on your original card, but that involves finding a Free McBoot installed card, paying for one, finding someone who has one, etc. Uh, if you don't have that, you can, of course, you know, if you have a mod chip, install it through there. But the other thing as well, too, and this is not to talk smack on Free McBoot, this is just a fact of it, this also doesn't work on the final revisions of the PlayStation 2, like the final, final 90,000 or 9,000 series PS2 Slims, because it was patched at that point. You can technically run Free McBoot, but you have to have a mod chip which will allow you to boot up homebrew from a memory card on boot. So we're talking entry points at this point. So what can we do? If we have access to a mod chipped PS2, we can run some homebrew that will allow us to run it on our memory card. Uh, or if we have a game, we can, this one, I don't like doing this method, but you can take an original game, 
back it up onto your PC, and if it is compatible, you can replace one of the files in that game with some homebrew, such as you launch Elf, and then you can block off the sensors on your PS2. You can then run that original game. At that point, when you need to swap discs, you can swap over to your backup and pray that it works. I really don't like that method. It's... It's annoying, to say the least. It is absolutely annoying, to say the least. I have done it successfully before, but it is very annoying. And I look, I just, don't, I just don't like using that method. It is what it is on there. That's fine. So what are we looking at here prior to this? Uh, we Let's rule out a mod chip. Let's rule out any type of disk swaps. And mind you, you also cannot do anything such as just... Prior to this, you couldn't just burn off a DVD and put it in the PS2 and make it work, or burn off a CD and make it work, or even load up anything off a USB drive. You couldn't just put files on here, put it in your PS2, and expect it to work. It wasn't that easy. Well, on the fat PS2 back there, my preferred method was using free HD boot. It's an easy enough method. It is a little bit costly, though, because you would need a network adapter. You would need a hard drive. And then from there, you can take your hard drive. You can put a free hard drive boot image on here and then pop the hard drive into the back of the PlayStation 2. From there, as opposed to booting everything right off the bat off your memory card, it will boot it off the hard drive. You get your system in a modified state. You then use that to launch Homebrew and then install it on your memory card. Do you all see how this has been annoying? I really hope you all are seeing this right now. Some people will say, oh, it's really easy. And yeah, once once you get into it, once you try it a few times, sure, it's easy enough. And when you like kind of boil it down, sure. But there's, it just feels like you have to make a complete circle around heaven in order to just install something on this thing right here. Now, if you also want a alternative exploit, or if you're on one of those 9,000 or 90,000 series PlayStation 2 Slim models, which cannot do free McBoot without a mod chip, uh, there's also the Fortuna exploit, which works pretty well. For that exploit, the hardest part, again, is going to be getting the actual files on the memory card, but once you have it all set up, you can go into your browser, go into the memory card, back out of it, and then you have your PS2 in a modified state. Because aside from installing a mod chip in your PS2, none of these methods actually modify the PlayStation 2. Once you remove the memory card, it is unmodified. Once you remove the hard drive, it is unmodified. Uh, even for this, once you remove that DVD, it is in an unmodified state. So now that we've done some catch-up on the different methods of PS2 modding prior to this, let's take a further look at free DVD boot. <laughs> Now, the way free DVD boot works is it actually attacks it through the DVD player on the PlayStation 2 itself. And you see on here, it essentially performs a buffer overflow. And again, I'm really going to boil this down here. But when you load up your DVD video, it is performing, this exploit is performing a buffer overflow, which will then allow the PlayStation 2 to load up another payload, or I guess the exploit is going to do that, so to speak, on there. And then through that exploit, you know, you'll use that payload to launch whatever homebrew or whatever game or whatever application you have physically burned onto that disc. And because this is attacking the DVD video playback functionality of the PlayStation 2, you have to burn this to a DVD. 
DVD. It's not going to be burned onto a CD. It has to be like that. Now, if you're looking here on screen to the left, I have the exploit ISO, at least one of them. And to the right, I have just a standard DVD movie. This is just not, it's no frills. It will burn to a disc. It will work. It will actually display Cursed Cowardly Dog right here. One of my favorite cartoons. So I have it ripped on here. Now, this is typically how it's going to look for a DVD video. If you haven't looked at the structure in a while, or if you've never looked at this, you're going to at minimum have a video underscore TS folder. And then inside of here, you're going to have your video TS IFO. And for your actual content, you're going to have the VOB files right here are the actual video files. So this is where all the content is. Typically, if you have a smaller one like this, like this VTS 010, this is going to be the DVD menu itself. But all the actual metadata, what to parse and such on here, um, all the info to navigate the DVD and tell it what to do, so to speak, is going to be within your IFO files. And if you have the BUP files here, these are just really backups of the IFO files. Just think of this like an informational file. Now, when you load up this disc on the PlayStation 2, the way this will work is you load this up, it loads up the DVD video disc, it will parse out the IFO file, but while it is doing that, this has been designed with the buffer overflow and exploit in mind, meaning that it will crash where exactly it needs to on the DVD player, which will then allow the exploit to work and then load in whatever homebrew has been made for this disc. So in this case, every single ISO that has been provided by CTERT is just going to launch you to Ulaunch Elf, which is just a file manager on the PS2 that will make everything easy enough to navigate. Now, what does all that mean in here? Well, in short, I guess seeing is easier than telling. As you can see, this is CTERT's video, which he released alongside this. This is a completely unopened PlayStation 2 Slim. It does not have a memory card inserted. He's going to turn it on with a obviously burned DVD disc. Let's see it turn on here. Give it a few seconds to read. It's actually pretty fast for a PS2, I'd say. And if we wait... There we go. It loads up Tetris, which is definitely not an official authorized game or application. So it was able to read this disc successfully thanks to this exploit. Now this is very exciting, but this still needs a little bit more time to mature for the end users. And that's no slight to the exploit itself. The exploit itself, I would say it works very well. It is rock solid. However, it is completely dependent on PlayStation 2 DVD versions, and let me show you that real quick. On every single PlayStation 2, it of course has a DVD player on it, at least the retail ones will, and if you come to this menu, you press triangle for the version, check this out. Right there is the DVD player version within the PlayStation 2 itself. So mine is the last version on here on this system. This is a slim system I have, and this is version 3.11U, the U signifying that this is a NTSC U console. Now, the only downside I see to this exploit is that it is completely reliant on the DVD player version, because you see, at least at this point in time, from the research that CTERT has done, he did this all on his 3.10 
PS2 and made sure it was working. However, it was only working on 3.10 for PS2s that had that DVD player, which meant that mine was not working. However, if we look right here, there are a few more that are supported. So here, 3.10, of course, he said all regions on this, and he said that this only seems to work with the English language. 3.11 was the next one which was added, and I didn't even know he added me on here. Awesome. He said confirmed working by Mr. Mario 2011 and others only seems to work on English language. And as of today, while I'm recording this here, he just added 3.04 support. Now he's saying so far tested only region M and emulator so far, but guess all regions E, U, M, A, C, D, G, J will work with English language set in settings. Please ping me and we'll update this page when confirmed working on hardware. So that is awesome. So let's say you're one of the people you want to get this up and running on here. Well, congratulations if you have a PlayStation 2 Slim. At the exact moment I'm recording this, every single PlayStation 2 Slim works. But if you're on a FAT system, for example, and you're looking to see if you have 3.04, again, you just boot up your PS2, you hit triangle, and if you have a compatible version right here, you are good to go, but make sure you note that version number. Next up, if we go over to this page, of course, he talked about identifying your DVD player version, and then you just need to burn the sp supplied ISO. Now, to find that here, you can just go to the pre-built ISOs, and then you can just find whichever one you are going to be using. So, there's a few different ones at the moment. There is 3.04, 3.10, 3.11, and there's even a hybrid one which works for both 3.10 and 3.11 and the interesting thing here is i actually i did help ctert test this portion out you see he ended up creating a 3.11 j version but it seemed to only work on 3.11 j it did not work on my system which was a 3.11 u it didn't seem to work on 3.11 e systems However, when he got it working for 3.11U and E, it also worked on J, which kind of made the J-only version irrelevant, and J is the Japanese version. So that's how it's kind of not iffy, but it's going to just be difficult finding those offsets on all of these different DVD player versions. Either way, once you pick whichever ISO you want, you simply download it, and then I'm not going to walk through burning off an ISO because I don't need to, and it's it's easy enough on here. So you burn off your ISO. Now let's actually get to the show and tell portion of this. We're back over at the PS2. As you can see, this is in a completely unmodified state, and I'm going to keep this part uncut on here, but if we come right over here, I'm going to pop in my free DVD boot disc that I have already burned off. Go over to the browser, and let's wait. As you can see, it's going to read it. It reads it as a DVD video, but if we hit the X button on here and wait a few seconds, green screen, loading HDD modules, and there we go. We are now in Ulaunch Elf. We have officially run Homebrew on the system. In fact, I'm going to show you all how fast that is. I'm going to keep the DVD in the console itself, and I'm going to restart it here. So you're going to see a whole lot of crazy stuff on screen. Let's go ahead and restart it. All right, I've hit the reset button on the system. Let's wait. It's booting up. It's reading the disk successfully. Green screen. And here we go, you launch elf. 
It is that easy. Again, you literally burn off the DVD, you pop it into your PS2, and it works. Now, this here is big. This is like... This is like Dreamcast big. Yes, I know the Dreamcast is a small and cute system, but this is Dreamcast big because this is not the same thing, but it is quite similar to the Mill CD exploit. And in case anyone doesn't really know how that works, uh, you know, most people watching this, you're probably aware that the Dreamcast will play burned CDs. At least most of them will. Uh, burn CDs for games. You literally, you grab your game. As long as it is packed properly, you burn it onto a CDR. You put it inside the Dreamcast, close the lid, run your game and it works as easy as that. That is the mill CD exploit and essentially what is going on there is the Dreamcast GD-ROM, I wanted to talk about this, but GD-ROMs is what the original Dreamcast games are on. However, GD-ROM protection, so to speak, was not cracked. And by that I mean you can go out, you can get blank GD-ROMs. They're very, very hard to find, but you can get blank GD-ROMs. You can burn off a blank GD, like burn a game onto a blank GD-ROM. However, if you just put it into a Dreamcast, it will not work right off the bat. You have to get a original development disc, which is called a System Disc 2. You put that into your Dreamcast, you launch it, it boots you back to the splash screen for the Dreamcast in the BIOS. And then at that point, you take out your System Disc 2, you put in your burned GD-ROM, close this, and then it will boot up. However, with the Mill CD exploit, Mill CD was actually a whole different format for the Dreamcast, which could be put onto a compact disc, and it could hold actual, like, usable data on there. So what people did is when they figured out ways to dump the GD-ROM games, they said, hey, if we take all this data and we compress it down if need be, we can just repack it into a mill CD. It's not going to be a GD-ROM, it's going to be a mill CD, but it will work. So that's how every single, I guess, third-party pressed game that's not officially pressed by Sega, or every single game which is on a burned CDR, that is how they work. They work due to the mill CD exploit, which is pretty reminiscent of this here, because from what you all saw, it is a DVD video disc. It is read and recognized as a DVD video disc by the PlayStation 2, but thanks to the way this is all handled, it is crashed appropriately and then loads up whatever homebrew you've packed on there. Now, I keep talking about different pieces of homebrew as well, and on here, CTURT also showed that you can make a multi-homebrew disc, which is easy enough. You see, these ISOs, again, that he's creating are already pre-baked with Ulaunch Elf. And then from there, you can just add whatever games and things you want, like here he put a few, let me back up a little bit, on this disc, he ended up putting a couple emulators and a couple of ROMs just right on the root of this disc with no issue. So he used Ulaunch Elf to navigate to his DVD and then load up the homebrew, which will then allow him to, or emulator, which will then allow him to load up whatever ROMs are on here. So it should work just fine. And it does. It works beautifully. Now on here as well, with those emulators, you do have to load up the ROMs from a certain place, which these ones are on the disc here. So some emulators, some homebrew might need to be updated to support loading from DVD video discs from the CDFS device as noted on here. 
there. And there's been a couple of emulators that were updated for that, which were able to be used in here. Now, the last one to me here, it's not going to be the most practical thing in the world, but this is loading up backups through ESR. If anybody does not know what ESR is, ESR actually does about the same thing on a PS2 with what I was explaining. Let me go ahead and show you all. You see on Freemic Boot on many installations, you might have this mysterious application called ESR. So right off the bat here, just because you have Freemic Boot, for example, does not mean that you can play burned PS1 games or burned PS2 games right off the bat. You are not able to do that. Typically, you would load them through a USB device, network storage, or uh, even a hard drive using OPL, which is the recommended method of doing so. However, if you really want to burn off your discs, you can use ESR. The downside of that is it doesn't have 100% compatibility, and you have to pre-patch your ISOs before you burn them, because it actually does about the same thing, where it tricks the PS2 into believing that your burned game is actually a DVD video disc. So launching ESR here, for example, ideally what you would do is you would patch your ISO on your computer, burn that patched ISO to a DVD, and then from there, when you load up ESR, you would hit launch CDVD, and then it would boot up that disc. And again, that is a PS2 game. It's going to work and play like a PS2 game, but it works because it is recognized and tricking the PS2 into being read as a DVD video disc. That sounds pretty similar to what we're looking at here, isn't it? Well, that's actually exactly what CTURT did. Now, he isn't releasing or maintaining the tool for this. He's just explaining how this works on here. But in short, he is also showing that it is completely possible to use ESR. And when you patch a PS2 game, you can, if you update it, if you do all the appropriate steps to need, you need to, you can actually patch that ESR-patched PS2 game to work just fine right off the bat with free DVD boot. So you can have a free DVD boot ESR-patched PlayStation 2 game. That, that's not a mouthful at all. Here, I didn't burn off a ESR free DVD boot disc, but here is the example of it. So again, we are more than familiar with Turt's PlayStation 2. He has burned off a nice looking copy of Shadow of the Colossus. The console is completely unmodified. There's not even a memory card hooked up here. We're seeing about the same thing. And if we wait a little bit, check this out. It loaded up like anything else would. It shows us ESR Beta R9B, copyright 2008. It gives us some crazy looking colors and such, which that's what you would expect from a ESR-based backup. And as you can see, it's loading up the game right there in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. It is loading Shadow of the Colossus. Like, I'll skip ahead a little bit, but... This game is working just fine on here, so it was it was that easy. This is awesome. Really, at this point, the only downsides would be, one, there needs to be more offsets found for more DVD player versions, again, because this is very DVD player version specific. So, for example, like most fat PS2s don't work for this right now at the time I'm recording this. 
Every single slim is going to work for this, but you'll need to pick a specific disc if you want to do that as well. So there's no one size fits all method on here. The real big next step is going to be finding the required offsets to corrupt for the DVD player on each of these versions. Now I know CTURT is doing a few, I don't know how many more he's going to be doing, but I also see this as a community effort as well. He's put out his findings, he's published them, he's shown everything, it's all open source, so there are several knowledgeable people who can definitely, you know, grab PS2 BIOS, fire up their emulators, find the things that need to be corrupted in there, have it replicated on original hardware, and then help release these patched ISOs, or at least provide the offsets that are needed to corrupt in the PlayStation 2's DVD player. And the only end users that this would really negatively impact, and not even negatively impact, it's just people who can't use this. The only people who can't use this are people who have broken DVD drives or dying lasers. And at that point, I mean, it's just clean up your laser, replace the laser, repair the DVD drive, what have you on there. Uh, now, I know some of the benefit of going with free McBoot is using this to load up OPL and loading up your games through a different method. Like, that that's, I totally get that, especially if you have a broken DVD drive. But if your DVD drive is perfectly working, this is a fantastic method, and in my opinion, this is the best PS2 entry point at this point because again you ju you just need one of these you you need you need a blank DVD and you burn off your ISO to it and then you launch it. It's as easy as that. Uh, for one, the last things on here, I'm actually going to come back to the PS2, and I want to show you all a practical use of this. So, of course, you can use this to launch the free McBoot installer, or with Fortuna, you don't really install it per se you more copy files to the memory card so you could use you launch elf to copy your files to your memory card and then have all that work but let me show you a i guess again practical use of this if people are just like i'm not sure why i would really use this on here and this is again granted Let's assume you don't have access to free McBoot, you don't have access to free hard drive boot, you don't have access to a... you don't have access to Machip, you don't have access to anything else. You just have access to a burned DVD. So again, we're just going to fire up the PS2 here. I'm going to pop in the disc, go over to my browser, and I do have a USB drive that I ended up plugging in right here, which is going to be extremely relevant. So we have a DVD video, I'm going to launch this, so... Nothing wrong with this so far, it's just a plain Jane DVD video, right? We have that green screen, and right here, loading hard drive modules. Now here, I can go to Circle for the file browser, go down to Mass, which is for the USB drive itself, and check this out. This is my FAT32 formatted USB drive, which I just ended up putting a few games on to test this here. Now, I've set this up for OPL, and the only application I have on here is the latest nightly build of the uncompressed OPL. So you can find your ELF file, press circle to open it. Now, let's go ahead and wait, and again, I'm going to keep this completely uncut. So open PlayStation 2 loader loads up. I did pre-configure this before off-camera so we could boot directly into the USB drive here. But as you can see, these are the few games that I've added. So I've got a few games. They all look nice. Sure, fair enough. That's all good. Uh, let's go ahead and load up Extermination, for example. So I can press the X button, loading config. Let's wait a little bit. It is going to take some more time simply because USB loading is admittedly the worst way of loading this off of the PlayStation 2. But mind you, we can wait here a bit, but as you can see, 
only armed with a USB drive and a blank DVD, I was able to go into my PlayStation 2. Yes, I'm going to continue. I don't feel like saving. I was able to load up my PlayStation 2, boot up my free DVD boot disc, then use that to launch OPL and play a game off of my USB drive. That, that's awesome. That's really awesome. And you can launch any other homebrew this way, but I figured I would show you all this because this is a extremely practical use case scenario for any end users out there. Again, I would recommend if you're going to use this, use this as an entry point to install free McBoot or to install Fortuna on a memory card. So you can always have that on boot and you're not going to use the disk drive as much. But for anybody who has been really struggling for a while to get a hold of a good entry point, well, here you go. You have it. It's as easy as this. It's free DVD boot. This is just, this is end game right here for the PS2. Now, in my opinion, a perfect scenario for this would be, let's say we discover every single offset for these DVD players, what needs to be corrupted and such on these. Let's say that ends up happening and every single offset is discovered. Well, it would be really cool if there could be essentially a master payload created, kind of similar to the topology data for Anti-Piracy 2.5 on the Xbox 360, which was essentially any challenge that you throw at your disk, if it's properly patched with this topology data, it's going to have a response for every single challenge. It doesn't matter what. And it would be kind of similar topic on here. So we do have a hybrid ISO, which integrates corruptions for two different DVD players, but it would be really cool if, in theory, we had a master payload, so to speak, that had all the required corruptions for every single DVD player. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, even if it does happen. I mean, it's going to be a big community effort, which we need to find, you know, every single DVD player version and then find the offsets that are needed and integrate it and see if it even works. But if it does, do you know how awesome that would be? That'd be incredibly awesome. At that point, you would just need one ISO and you literally say, hey, here's this one or two megabyte ISO, burn it to a DVD, pop it in your PS2, have fun. If your DVD drive doesn't work, that's your own fault at that point. <laughs> Now, the last thing here, I just want to kind of jump to the conclusion, and here C-Turd is saying, I was successfully able to exploit the PlayStation 2 DVD player to allow me to run my own burned homebrew discs simply by inserting them and booting, just as you would launch an official disc. And that's cool. Yes, he ended up, he was able to do that just fine. Now, here, on his final thought, I did want to touch up on this. As a final thought, there's really no reason this general attack scenario is specific to the PlayStation 2, as all generations support some combination of burned media. From the PlayStation 1 CD support, to the PlayStation 3 and 4's Blu-ray support, with the PlayStation 4 having only CD... With the PlayStation 4 having only removed CD support, hacking the PlayStation 4 through Blu-ray BDJ functionality has long been discussed as an idea for an entry point. This may be something I would be interested in looking into for a long-term future project. Imagine being able to burn your own PlayStation games for all generations. One down, three to go. And that would be really cool, especially if we have something like for the PS1. That would be awesome, but I, I digress. I wanted to do something further on here. Now, here's something the community ended up taking and running with a little bit. You see, people started taking these exploitable discs, and they started putting them into other systems. So right here, for example, I have my PlayStation 3 Super Slim. This is running PS3 Hidden. Let me just reach over, I'm popping the disc in right here. And what we're going to do, I, I have never seen this. I'm trying this stuff for the first time on my own. I know others have, and I want to show you all. We're going to try and 
try all of these discs on different systems. So, well, at least one of them here, but the same disc that worked on my PS2. Let's see what happens on the PS3. Well, it ends up... Okay. So it brings us to this green screen, which is great, but... Did it? Yo, this just... Yeah. <laughs> well, it just crashed my PS3. So... We have that result so far. Now this green screen, uh, this has to be a part of the payload because we saw this every single time on the PlayStation 2. And as you can see on the PS3, it displays the puke green screen and it stops. So I personally, uh, I'm gonna stay reserved on this. I really don't think this is going to lead to anything huge on the PS3 or PS4, but it's just interesting to see how this operates on here. But then again, I'm also not too surprised that this is crashing because you're giving this a broken DVD. There's no, there's no VOB files on here. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing for it to display. But again, it, my controller, I'm sure you all can hear it. My controller is not responsive. It's still connected. Can I even grace? Okay, I can gracefully turn off the PS3. So, interesting. All right, all right. And it, it shut down on its own right there just fine. It took a little bit longer, but it shut down. Uh, let's try something else. All right, so screw it. Right here, we're also going to try this out on the PlayStation 4. This is my PS4 Pro running the latest firmware. Firmware, is it loading? It sounded really weird. I think. Okay, it loaded up the DVD. Cool. So let's try ahead. Let's go ahead and try this out on. I'm so excited I can't even talk properly. But let's try this out on the PS4. So again, we're gonna. You know what? Hold on. Hold on. For anybody wondering how the hell I can record this and have it enabled at the same time, I'm using a splitter that's able to bypass it. But point is, let's go back here. Let's launch our DVD. Let's see what happens. All right. So we got our red screen. That's more for HDCP, though. You have no signal, which is to be expected. Uh, okay, so back. What's it doing? And it crashed. <laughs> All right, cool. Cool. So we were able to actually crash out the DVD player application on the PS4. So this last one here was actually a special request from Durf on many of the console hacks related subreddits. He asked me if I could fire this disc up on an original Xbox. I know we're, we're venturing off of Sony here, but I have the same disc. I have my original Xbox here. This is the stock dashboard. This is the stock BIOS. Everything stock in this state right now. Uh, I did pop in the little DVD player dongle. So this is going to have DVD player playback on here but I just popped in the disc. Let's see if this works. I, I don't know what's gonna happen here. All right, so it's recognizing it. Cool. All right. Uh, recognize it as a 480i signal and just a black screen at this point. So a whole lot of nothing. So Durfa, I hope you're happy with your whole lot of nothing on here. And there's nothing for me to do because, again, there's no VOB files on here. There's no video for me to watch. There's no menu to navigate there. There's nothing on this disc that is actually usable uh, for a real DVD video disc. But let's see. If I pop the disc out, this is what I'm interested in. So if I remove the disc from the console, just remove it. Okay, here. So it... 
didn't do yeah it didn't do anything weird unfortunately it would have been really cool if it did but it did not do anything strange so that is how it is on an original xbox i doubt anybody was expecting i would cover this but it i did <laughs> anyways i have to say in my opinion this is one of the coolest things i have covered on mod chat this is definitely one of the most exciting things and it is truly awesome to see that at this point now um the PS2 is kind of on the same level as the Dreamcast because, again, imagine if we had every single, we were able to integrate every single offset and crash point that was acquired across every single DVD player on the PS2 and put it into one universal payload. So at that point, you can have pre-patched homebrew you can have pre-patched emulators like discs for this you can have pre-patched games as well too all this just good to go so if you want the clean iso that you can play you know run it off of a usb drive or load it onto a hard drive or just play it on a modified ps2 with a mod chip you can otherwise if you have the patched iso you can just load that up on your ps2 and it will work just fine i think the only limitation with that is when it comes to commercial retail games the limitation there is esr esr is not going to have 100 compatibility which i would absolutely expect and esr is a whole separate thing on here anyways wow that has been it for free dvd boot this is Again, absolutely incredible. So, Turt, thank you so much for your work, your write-up on this. This has been absolutely awesome to see. And this, I would say, is about the end of this episode of Mod Chat. So, I'm going to ask you all, if you all enjoy this, please leave a like on the video on the YouTube upload. If you didn't like it, a dislike is fine as well, too. I would absolutely love to know what your thoughts would be on a episode like this. I I don't know if I succeeded in making this a mini episode. The only thing mini about this is the list of topics, which is one topic. There was literally one topic on this episode. But if you all would like episodes like this where I just really go deeper into one or maybe two topics, that would be awesome. Because my idea on this is if I pick something like this, I don't want to go all out for it like I would a video. I want to be a little more casual, and that way I could keep it in a mod chat format so that way i can kind of be doing two things at once i'm releasing an episode of mod chat but i'm also releasing a new video but it's not going to be a full-fledged video if that makes any sense and on top of that as well too we need to pick a keyword so what the hell keyword am i going to pick on here how about cable I was thinking of a few others, but there's not really any cables that are related to this. So if you use the word cable in your YouTube comment on the upload on here, if you're listening to the audio version of this and you comment on the YouTube upload with the word cable, I will know that you made it to the end of this episode. Anyways, this is Mr. Mario signing off for real this time. Thank you very much for watching and listening, everyone. Until next episode.